to the Chile Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Lenny Kluge. We're two immigrants living in Chile talking about Chilean news, cultural events, travel, business, and more. If you want to support our podcast, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. That's one word. www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. So today is very special because we don't have to deal with Lenny. I'm just kidding. We miss him very much. He's not here with us today. He, he didn't die or anything. It sounded really so morbid. He's still, yeah, he's still he's still with us. You know, he's, he's, he's he is not here. he is no longer with us. No, he's just taking the week off, doing some things and everything. And so I'm here with Pinguino. We're taking over this week, uh, bringing you some news. Sorry, we didn't have an episode last week. It was Thanksgiving week, and as a perfect gringa that I am, I had to celebrate. So, obviously, couldn't do something then. And so, here we are. We're here with you. Um, so, how are you doing, Pinguino? I am good. I good, think this you know. is our first... Sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's fine. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Our first episode, just you and I, I think. Yeah, you're right. Usually, it's me and Lenny. Yeah, you're when I abandoned gallivanting you. around the yeah, world. Yeah, the world. Usually at Disney World. Uh, so yeah, usually this is our first time we're doing it together, even though... Mm, how romantic. And we're doing the podcast together, even though we've actually started since the beginning. Yeah, we've been together the longest of anybody in the series. I'm super excited about season three, which started a couple episodes ago, but... Um, so, uh, we have events coming up uh, yes. that we're going to share with you. So, um, the first one the, is going to be our bilingual trivia night. That's on Saturday. December 10th. December 10th. Saturday, December, 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 yes. December 10th, yes. You know, November is like basically, it is over. By the time you hear this, it would be over. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it, was a, it was a rough month, you know yeah, what I mean? It was long. It was a long month. It was a long, long month. Um, so if you don't know what that is, you're just tuning in. You've never heard us talk about it. It's a bilingual trivia night. There's rounds in English and Spanish. It's super fun. You can get a team of up to four people, and every round has a... Prize winner, that's at the Black Rock Pub. If you want more info, check out our Instagram, um, at Chile Today Podcast. And if you're one of our patrons, um, at the $5 or up level, you get a big discount on your team entrance fee. So the team fee is 10000 per team. So it's split between up to four people, right? Um, but yeah, all of these events that we have coming up, if you're a patron, then you're going to get super awesome discounts. Uh, message us as soon as you can if you want to participate in the trivia night because it always sells out and we take reservations. So let us know and you're the first ones to hear about it. So y'all are special. Yes, special, special. So yes, call. So yeah, we have a next show is on Sat on December 17th, Saturday. We have a show at Gran Refugio. It's a comedy show, y'all. Yes, what she said. It's a comedy, stand-up comedy show. I'm going to be performing. Uh, I think that's no one else in the podcast is performing. No one in the me. podcast, but Pinguino, but he's really funny. It's a bilingual comedy show, meaning some comedians are in English, others are in Spanish. It's super fun. Um, it's a super popular event also. And if you're a patron at the $5 up level, you get free entrance. So make sure to get those tickets. The tickets for patrons, by the way, um, those are just for you guys. Y'all are special and you're getting to hear of these events before anybody else. Um, well, anybody listening to the podcast. Yeah, they're non-transferable. 
Oh, they're also non-transfer. You know, don't be giving them to your friends being like, they're a patron. We know who our patrons are. You know yeah, what like I mean? Six of them. 600,000? <laughs> yeah, yeah 600,000. We know each one personally. Each one personally. We've shaken their hands. Um, and then we wash our hands. And then we wash our so hands that, because to, of COVID. To shake, to shake the hands of the next person. We're not going to... Right, because yeah. we're sanitary like that. So our Patreon is available to anybody, and it's not just giving you free things to events, but it's also getting tip sheets for anybody who's visiting Chile or even if you're not visiting Chile. There's a lot of different cool things there. And if you join our Patreon at the $5 level and up, you get access to all of those tip sheets. What they are are things like what application should you download when you're coming to Chile? What kind of museums you can visit when you're here? Right. What are the best Chilean movies? Um, so many different things. Best brunch spots. I know that with the World Cup going on, people are trying to find their team being broadcast. There's an entire list of best places to watch international games so that you're not going to miss your ga game and your team. I know today the U.S. game was not playing on all, any of the Chilean channels because they chose the English England game. So Wales, England. Wales, England. And then there was U.S., Iran, and U.S. won. And um, so there's all of those kinds of things that you could want, and you'll have access to all of those all the way back to the beginning if you join our Patreon. And you also get access to us in a direct line. So to consider doing that. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Yes, we are 24 hours. 24 hours to your service. Yes. People. You can send messages 24 hours. We won't respond 20, 24 hours. I will. Then. Well, Bethany, yeah, she probably will. I mean, I no, do, I I do have her, insomnia, yeah. and I read a lot of books, so <laughs> I might. I might respond. Unless it's, like, really, 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 really long, then I might be like, you know what? Too long. Didn't read. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll read them all. I just might not read them at 3 in the morning. So, yeah. Join. Join us. Uh, okay, let's do news. Okay, so as you heard, this is our nudes episode. Nudes? 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 <coughs> nudes. Nude, nude news. So we got some interesting things happening. There is another trucker strike happening <laughs> in Chile. If you're, oh if you're a frequent listener, you know this happens quite a lot. And um, to give some context, the reason this is a big deal is because since Chile is such a long country, the truckers basically have a monopoly on all of the materials we have barely no trains. Yeah, we don't have We're any getting, other sorry. ways of trans... No, don't worry. Me. You do your thing. There's basically no way to transport goods except for through trucks in Chile. So we have a trains episode. We talk about the importance of trains because there's the truckers have a lot of power. Um, so that's context here. So... Um, they're now blocking the highways again, demander, demand, demander, hmm, demanding lower fuel prices and stepping up security along the routes. Which the security thing is kind of weird because it's in the works already. Like, Boric, President Boric has bought a lot of security vehicles specifically to meet those demands of the truckers. And I think they've actually increased the spending. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on, but the truckers are still very unsatisfied. I think it has more to do with prices of gasoline than anything yeah. else. So not only are these truckers not transporting goods, they're blocking the highways to where other goods can't get through. Um, so we're starting now, for the really one of the first times, seeing the shortages in our supermarkets. Like They've done these kinds of things before, but 
it's becoming a very like palpable part of our everyday lives now. So, um, I keep nodding my head like people are going to. Yeah, this is not a visual medium. It's fine. It's fine. Um, So this trucker, Carlos Galas, said, as truck drivers, we do not have any safe parking to spend the night. This is true. Sleep and add to that uncontrolled increase in fuel, general, both oil and gasoline. Um, And he is a representative of the Association of Paine. And I do agree with that. Like the truck drivers don't have like in the U.S. we have rest stops. Where, yeah, it's not really a thing here. Yeah, where truckers can move to, to go specifically park and sleep. Yeah, here they usually just park on the street. Yeah, which fort- is dangerous. Unfortunately, a lot of them have been robbed and attacked that in that way. Exactly. So in that area of security and like those things, I do think that Boric should really consider, well, not even just for, for truckers, but rest stops are a great way for they usually have showers it's a great way for people who are like homeless to go and like take a shower and like to relax usually like in the u.s there's picnic chairs uh yeah that's something that's really lacking here especially considering you know like you just said we're a really long country we have really long routes i mean i don't know if you've ever gone to, up to the north not no not in the not in a in a car, car. yeah because i remember i once with my family we went all the way up to copiapo Mm-hmm. And there is nothing. There. Right, it's like a long road through the desert where there's just not like if you if you get stranded there you're you're screwed and you can't you can't you can't stop to go to the bathroom you can't stop. I can't imagine how that's for a yeah. trucker who has to go through that. Yeah, no, and all of that stuff I I super support, um, but unfortunately, some of the demand like unfortunately there's a lot of demands that cannot be met. And they're wanting all of them met. Like, the lower fuel prices, really, Boric can't do anything about mm-hmm. that. Even though he already has. He's put yeah. certain caps, which is more than a lot of countries have done, on fuel prices. And there are other weird things that they've been demanding. Like, can you remember some of them? Like, I'll keep reading this thing, but... Like- um, what usually happens here with the, I mean, with the truckers is that they usually tend to have, like, a bunch of, like, serious things... And, and then, then some ridiculous add, yeah, things. Yeah, they have like, absolutely nothing to do with the rest of what they're asking, which I think maybe it's like a negotiation tactic. Like maybe they have it so that they can remove it later and say, fine, we'll give up this. Yeah, there was something, I can't remember the last time they had a strike that was like, that's just, that's, that's what are you, what are you talking about? It's so ridiculous. It was something I don't remember. Um, but, you know, I, I support um, these kinds of things. However... For example, with the fuel, the finance minister just said that by lowering the fuel prices, the by the way that they, the by the degree in which they would want them lowered, would cost two point five billion dollars, which is the equivalent to the health budget of the oh country. My God. So it's like you can't, they can't do that. Like, should they build? Um, Rest stops, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, do it because it's, it's a safety thing yeah. for the truckers, and these are workers, and you should be, you should be trying to protect these people who have a very essential job in the country. But they also have to be realistic, and it's like that is not realistic. Like you can't do that. Like we can't, we can't. We're a small country. We don't have two point five billion dollars to shuffle around. Yeah, and even if you like. If you did, it has it, it would like you said like, like that's the health budget like yeah we, like they, imagine if they would they would have to take it from somewhere else which I don't know if that's gonna be good in the long run because 
just to appease the truckers? I mean, that's no, not and it's really... and it's not. And the thing is, is that's one of those really irrational demands that can't be met. But when I mean irrational from the other one, it was like really weird. Like I mean, There's it was like give us a lot of give us like lots of candy or something. It was really weird. <laughs> I don't remember what it was the other one they had last time, but it was real weird. I just remember the big problem that they had last time with the last. Do you remember the last trucker strike in the south? Mm, oh, there wasn't so many. There's but there was there was one trucker strike in the south that they had to cancel that they were doing negotiations but then a video was leaked where it showed that the the, the truckers were having a barbecue in the middle of the street mm. with strippers nice so of course that went out like that just immediately blew up and they had the head of the syndicate of the union on yeah, the south the union. had to say like we can't we lost all credibility. Credibility. I mean, we have truckers literally bringing in strippers just to have the a party. Spend the night. Yeah, no. Which is just again, there's, it's it's negotiate the way that it you know in an ideal world it should work in which there are realistic negotiations, which I think that there are realistic demands that they have, but also it really sucks that they're paralyzing the entire country because there are now that we're seeing shortages, especially right now in produce. Um, yeah. in supermarkets, you walk into a supermarket now and you see like there are no apples maybe, or there are no, I don't know, potatoes. Like there's so many things that you can just visually see missing. And it's not from shortages as far as like, because of inflation or the economy, it is a hundred percent due to things aren't coming in. And it's not just the things on the trucks. It's also the things that can't get through which is also causing an international sort of economic uh, hardship already on yeah. our inflation because we import a lot of stuff. Lot, lot, like for those of you who don't know, here in Chile, we don't. Re one of the main like economic things. I don't really know the technical names of stuff, but here in Chile, we just import a lot of things. Most of our things are imported. Even the bread. I think the bread is more than sixty percent of it is imported. I'm not sure. Maybe. Now, I remember specifically reading about this because it was like. <clears throat> Because when the whole war in Ukraine started, everyone said like, "Oh, Chile has makes enough wheat to make bread." They're like, no, no. Oh no, no, we, we don't import breed. We breed. We, we import wheat. We don't. We make our own bread, I think, but we import all the wheat. No, yeah, we import the wheat. But for example, Chile does grow wheat, but the wheat that we make is exported. Yeah, we. Ha it's really we weird. A lot of the we have we like own all the copper in the world. Not really, but we own a lot of the freaking copper. We send it to China so that they can make shit out of copper, and then we buy it back. It's not... It's yeah, not a it's, great model, but that's why we have the Constitution that we currently have, uh, so we can continue to do that shit. Anyway, know. so um, this is the first trucker strike that I've experienced where people I know have been directly affected. I don't know about if you're the same way, Pinguino, but... Uh, I think I had a, I have some family living in the South, so I think they were impacted by the one that was last year, which was in the South. Okay. Because, yeah, the last one in the south was more like, I think it affected Chiloé or stuff like that. You know, like Maybe. really, really in the south. Mm -hmm. But now this one, because I think this one's more nationalized. It's more national. And it's, yeah. um, so I work with a lot of different industries, especially the in energy industry. A lot of my clients come from there and they're like, you know, big top important people. And they're saying like, this has been like the most impactful um, trucker strike because they can't get any of like any of their materials to continue to build their sites or to get more things for like storing energy or all of the little knickknacks they need that I don't understand because I don't work in that area. But mm. they've been like on like high alert and like 
panicking because they also have like you know if they don't get the right parts maybe for something like that produces our energy then there were going to be like losses of energy and then it's just going to be a whole black a whole energy. thing a black, a black it's just a whole thing yeah, and so and they said you know they that the druckers have like a list of things that they'll allow through but the list has gotten more and more strict like they used to be like only essential items like food and health and this and this and this and now they're like basically only health at least from what my student told me, mm. which is why now we're seeing shortages in food when we had not seen them in the past. So, would, you know, so there's that. So, trucker strike. Okay. Can you say, just when you say that you have a lot of people who work in the energy industry who are impacted by it, I just imagine like big batteries like traveling through trucks. Yeah, like Buzz Lightyear and Zerg yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, all, that's what happens. I mean, oh. from what I know, uh, that's what it is. They just they carry, transport like, the, giant uh, batteries. Yeah, and, like, and that's the electricity and they just put it on. In yeah, the, uh, there you go. Fabrics. They're just like, we are the missing batteries. our Santiago yeah. big battery. So, charged with Chilean lithium. Okay, what do you yeah, got for me? Them, which will, again, probably be sent to China to be processed and then we China buy it to, back. Hey, Elon Musk, like, I think owns most of our lithium mines right now. Which doesn't make sense because it's not even allowed to be mined yet. Yeah, but he still weird. has the land. But did anyway. you see that the, we actually, there's it's a lithium company here called Sokimich, which I think it's partially state-owned or something like that. I have no idea about any of that. We're going to do a lithium episode in the future, but it's a little bit hefty, the material, because it's very judicially and like legally complicated so we're, we're getting we're sticking our toe me and Lenny are gonna stick our toes into that at some point and try to bring all that stuff to you tell you all about the musky man and what he's lithium doing in Chile. and white lithium. gold is it white i don't know um i have no idea what color lithium is i know the brine is like green brown the waste. Interesting. We're getting off topic here. Okay. So, what's your what's your was, article? I, yeah, that was actually me going. Yeah, that's see. You know what? You always judge me and Lenny for getting <laughs> off topic, and look at you. That is true. And I always curse you guys when I'm editing. Yeah, this is all on you. Yeah, I can't do anything. Okay, so I don't know if listeners have been able to notice. I know I've noticed. I don't know if you've noticed. It's hot. Oh, God. Well, honestly, today has been nice. Today has been really nice. Today has been but, nice. For example, the weekend was oh my unbearable. Gosh. It was unosoable. <laughs> I don't get it. Oso bear. Oh, okay, now I get it. Um, it was bad. Yes, and not even... Last weekend was the worst, but the last couple of weeks, it's been horrible. A lot yeah. of very heat, a lot of very dry. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is that we're not even officially in summer. We're still in spring. Yeah. We're having, like, what is and it, the record number of heat? Uh, heat waves. We had uh, several heat waves going right one behind the other. I think it was three. not 100% sure. But basically the meteor- meteorological direction of Chile. So like the big... Meteorological. Meteor. How do well, I say that? Meteor. Me, meteor. Oh my God! I know how to say this. <laughs> Meteorological. Meteor. Oh my God! I know how to say this. Meteorological. Meteorolo- oh, fuck. Just keep going. The meteor. Me- the meteors. The guys who know about the weather and the weather men. All that. Kind Meteorologists. Of stuff. Uh, Meteorological. Oh my God! What happened to my brain? It's been a long day, guys. So they're basically saying that due to basically climate change Doo-doo. and. <laughs> uh, uh, oh if you're just now tuning in for the first time we do a lot of research but we are not like 
professionals. We're not. No. We're. I not mean, like peer, we're not journalists. Well, That's, we sort of are, but we're, we're not. not but we're not trained journal. Like we're, we didn't study journalism. I mean, I technically did. <laughs> really? I studied English, and with that, I had to take several classes on journalism. Really? I had no idea. Well, I mean, I, I studied communication. Well, here's but, the thing. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to explain to you is that if you were tuning in for some hard-hitting journalism... Oh, yeah, no, we don't do that's that. That's not what we do. But we do try to correct, correct and corroborate all of our facts, and if we say something wrong, please let us know, because we want to be as accurate as possible. So, continue, Penguin. So, basically, the, the meteorological... You Whatever. got it. I, think. I got it. I think so. Okay, cool. Whatever. So basically, the, the climate people they said that due to the <laughs> I had to double thing that. So basically, thanks to climate change and the pheno- the phenomenon known as La Nina, mm-hmm. that's the little girl. Uh, they November, call it La Nina in the, in the English. Yeah, I know. La Nina, La Nina and El, El Nino. Nino. Mm-hmm. But it's a little girl. So okay. that, doesn't that mean we should call it little girl? I mean, the U.S. is the second largest Spanish-speaking country in the world. It's bigger, like, has more Spanish speakers than Chile, so no. We're, okay. Ha! Chile, it's not a big, like... I'm Chile just saying. Is like a, anyway. So basically that means that this November, December, and January, the maximum temperatures are going to be above normal. Which, no duh. In fact, <laughs> they have given out a warning that maybe... In January and February, the thermostat might reach 40 degrees. Oh, my God. I'm going to die. And here's the thing. Most homes... Like, it's becoming more common now. Yeah, the But most homes and... don't have air conditioning. Yeah. And if you do have air conditioning, you get one of those, like... It's basically, like, an air conditioning unit. They look fancier than what, like, the box ones that you, like, maybe think of when you think of an air conditioning, like, box unit. But that's what they are. So it's not like centralized. And so I don't have air conditioning and it gets hot and I'd usually just sit in my underwear and eat frozen fruit. Yeah, because here in Chile, we're not, here in Santiago at least, we're not really used to this, ta- to this type of heat. So the houses aren't really built for it. I mean, it's, we've always had a lot of heat. I mean, not that I've been here for my, you know, my entire life or whatever. But every, I've been here for over nine years. I think this is my 10th summer. And it's always been hot. It's always been super hot during the summer, and especially me growing up with air conditioning, been like, this is hard, hard to sleep at night, all of this kind of stuff. But it has been so much worse this year. Like, so much so that's like, I, we, I can't go outside. Even if I wanted to go outside, I can't. Because it's just so much energy just to like walk around and do normal things. Yeah, and I'm guessing that this is a different type of heat that you're used to. Oh, yeah, I'm used to humid heat, too, because yeah, I'm from the south. Because at least in Santiago, because we are talking about Santiago and the central zone, which is the part that's being affected by the heat waves, which, by the way, they say... La Nina. La Nina. They are saying that in around December, we're expecting a couple of other heat, more heat waves, so, you know, prepare, Merry for, prepare for that. Merry crisis. <laughs> that have a big pray, prayer for the people who are playing Santa Claus. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, so like Bethany said, you know, we don't have, we're not really used to having air conditioning in her homes or, you know. Um, and that's only for rich people. What's the little ventilators? Fans. Fans. Most we people have really fans. Have, I mean, we have fans, but we don't have. I mean, do you not we, have a fan? We don't. Why don't you have a fan, weirdo? It's never really been necessary. God, see, this is how I know you didn't grow up with air conditioning. I could not sleep without my fan. It is too hot. To, how do you sleep at night? In my bed. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I've always had, like, I get it with I the I literally I have a fan in my apartment from, like, the 70s. It's like, you know, the, like, the, the way that, a, like, a metal really? fan is. Yeah, we got it when me and my fiancé moved in together. We got it as a gift so we could have our own fan. Cool. And then, um, Yeah, no, I just never really, never really been kind of like, fan it's people. not really, like, a thing here. Like, we don't. Anti- you racist really against fans. <laughs> At least here in Santiago, because again, Santiago's not really used to this Which, type of I, again, I don't understand, because I guess it's because I grew up with air conditioning. It has always been really hard for me in the summer. And I've getting, yeah, gotten probably, used to it now. That's the thing, is yeah. I've gotten used to it. Last year, I was like, this is fine. But this year, I feel like I went back to square one. But I'm like yeah, sitting no, in front of the fan and chewing on ice. Oh boy, chewing on ice. I was sucking on ice. I'm not saying anything... Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so basically, basically that you know the heat's really hot and get ready because it's only gonna get worse until yay, Merry Christmas until fall. Which oh man, then, I'll never be. get used to summer for Christmas. Yeah, and of course, you know, heat and dry means forest fires. Which oh here... god, I didn't even think about the forest fires. We have an episode about forest fires. Go check it out. Yeah, so basically in big resumido, like in, how do I say that? Resumido. In, summary. In summary, in the south, there's a lot of trees that are still left that haven't been died in previous forest fires. And due to the big um, wood industry, lumber industry, they plant a lot of a lot of during pine. The di- during the dictatorship. Clip. Yeah, during the dictatorship, they planted a lot of pine. And pines, basically, the way due to the, how they grow, they tend to dry out. All pine the, and eucalyptus. Pine and eucalyptus, they tend to dry out everything that's around them. So that means uh, the um, grass gets drier, and that means it gets more susceptible to the fires. And, you know, you just need one spark, and it all blows up. Well, not blows up, but... <laughs> it all blows it up. It blows up. Everything just... Like in a Cameron film. Yeah, just so all blows up. We just have giant holes. So they are the Onemi, which is the organization that helps sort of like emergencies things in general. I've never really been able to like track down exactly what they do, but they're they're like emergency yeah, organization, general, general yeah, or emergencies because they also kind of do like well, like I kind of FEMA. think of them as like the National Guard in the U.S. Kind of no, 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 no. I think they're closer to like FEMA. The National Guard does stuff like that in the U.S., dude. They do. Yeah, like they go out and if it's flooding, they go rescue people and then they go like give out food. I know, but the enemy, they, they don't they don't go directly to help the flooded people. They, they, it's just an organization. They just the organization. Ah, they just like talk about it. Yes, and they're <laughs> the ones who have to say they're the ones who have to say if there's gonna be they run to the hills or not run to the hills. Oh, okay. <laughs> run to the hills. If there's gonna be like a like, and there's and they say like for example right now they're saying you know like there's, the National Weather Service. I don't know, girl. It's, it's been a long time since I've lived in the U.S. Yeah, we're not the we're not the U.S. We we do things. We do and things a little differently we do a little here. Things. Not necessarily better, but, but we do it uh, different. Uh, we, sh- we strike with truckers real well here. Oh yeah. Uh, so basically, they're and they're giving out a pre-warning for um, the regions in the south, Ojins, La Rocanía, Valparaíso, Bio Bio, where they have a lot of forest fires, and so yeah. And Watch our forest for fires are super, super bad. We have the climate episode that you should listen to, which has a lot of information about the forest fires. Um, one year it was, oh, it was horrible. I really hope, I know that it's going to happen, but it yeah, there was really... one in the South that I remember like a couple of years ago that was, yeah, horrible. they had to bring firefighters from well, all over they, the world. They brought, they had to bring in that super tank. They had to bring super tankards. They brought firefighters from 
all over the world. Um, Mexico, U.S., Argentina, Spain, like Ukraine. all over the Ukraine. They had to bring Ukraine, some of the spe- yeah. special, like specialists from the Ukraine to Yeah, to come put out the fires. It was real, real bad. Um, so uh, my biggest thing is we need to, you know, I was talking to one of my friends about it, um, about how I remember growing up in the U.S. We had Smokey Bear. Smokey the Bear. We have, we have a guy. Okay, well, apparently he's not doing his job here, Smokey the Oso. No, we have because the... people keep because most of the forest fires. What is it? The vast majority of forest fires here are created by people from throwing cigarettes out the window or like doing like a barbecue in like a really dry area or things like that. And yeah. I think at least even as a child, and you know, there could be so many different factors. Like I knew, like you got to be real careful about those kinds of things because it could be very dangerous, and. I don't know, you're Smokey Bear here and he's a step at the F up. So his name is not Smokey Bear, his name is Forestine. Aww. He's a coipo. Where are you, Forestine? Oh, he's adorable. I've seen I've seen him around, like he's done like a couple of um like PSAs and stuff like that. He They're needs not very to, good, I feel like but, he you know. needs to be in like the metro, you know what I mean? Being like don't especially like you can tell, like even like in the US, for example, you can tell when there's been a fire started by somebody throwing a cigarette out the window of their car. Because no, it's on the side of the road and it's like blackened. And it's like you can tell. And it's like just don't be an asshole. It's like you gotta smoke in your car. Sorry, there's ashtrays in your car. Like get a like a water bottle or something, put them in there. Like don't throw them out of your car window. Yeah, that's you could kill people uh... that way. Also, yeah. we have we have we're a huge producer of fruit and shit. We need that. Yeah, that's more that go, that go, that's that's gonna take a long time to change. But yeah, we it's, should. It's an education. Football, that's what I was thinking. It's an forest, education yeah. thing. Forestine should be stepping it up and trying to do more. Yeah, and it's not like people are uneducated. It's just like a, a strategy of education that mm. I had available to me when I was younger. That was like, you don't do this, right? Because it this is what could happen. Only you can prevent forest fires, right? Yeah, I remember Smokey Bear. Yeah. I saw him when I was in the States, you know, like in his shirtless glory. Oh, in his shirtless glory. He's Smokey Bear, not Smokey the Bear. I don't know how, how that's really controversial, but apparently it is. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know why. Okay, moving on. Uh, are you done with... Yes, uh, that's all I have for heat waves and heat. Although the, although the heat waves aren't done with us, so, you know. <laughs> womp womp. Okay. So, you know, put on sunscreen and... Oh my gosh! Water. It's the, the the heat is so dry here. You go outside and it feels like your skin is melting off. Yeah, that's the worst thing because it's it's dry heat, so it's like you're walking under a, a okay, like a magnifying glass. Yeah, it's so bad. Okay, so Peru's president is just landed in Chile for some bilateral talks. So Pedro Castillo Torrones and his entourage landed in Santiago um, on an official tour, which so which he isn't going to participate in the. F- for Peru-Chile by National Cabinet, as well as some other engagements. His mission seeks to boost bilateral trade and cooperation. Um, and his agenda also includes meeting between ministers and appearances by Castillo before the Peru-Chilean Business Council and signing, uh, signing a declaration and other annou- uh, announcements that have yet to be confirmed. So, um, he's meeting Gabriel... Boric, my fiance hates to call him Gabriel, um, which is funny because he's always been Gabriel because he was a friend of my fiance in university, and now he's like, I can call him Gabriel, but it's disrespectful for you to call him Gabriel. And I'm like, I don't. Okay, calm down. Well, okay. he's not your president. Yes, he is. I live here. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has my rights in his hands. I've been here for over nine years, brother. Okay. I'm guessing you want more things to be on his hands. Oh, God. He's hot. <laughs> okay, so... Um, they're meeting at the La Moneda, and with the council, um, Castillo brought his labor, cultural, health, defense, interior, production, foreign trade, tourism, energy, mining, and environmental ministers with him. So this is a big deal. So that's like his entire That's like everybody, cabinet. right? Like, that's like a lot that, of people. The, who did he leave in Peru? Like, Yeah, and I didn't list all their names. I apologize, because I was like, it would take forever. Yeah. Um, so they're discussing Is social... I can't, I don't know, man. So we're just going to make one giant country. I would be, that would, that that would be, be I would awesome. so be down. Perule. Perule, <laughs> I like it. Cheru. Cheru. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, they're going to talk about social, social and cultural integration, nice. security and defense, foreign trade, investment, tourism, and cooperation in science and technology, the environment, energy and mining, and sustainable development, border development, which is important, mm-hmm. and integration infrastructure matters. They're expected to sign a joint declaration and also review the question of the seven, the seven meeting of the permanent committee for consultation and political coordination which is also known as a two plus two mechanism which brings together the ministers of foreign affairs and the defense of both countries so they would like to be working together so binational cabinets are the highest level of bilateral cooperation the last peru chile binational cabinet convention was in 2019 in the city of baracas but continuity was lost due to covid19 Oh. So it didn't get, like, off the ground. So that means that the last time they did something like that, it was with the previous administrations. So Piñera. Piñera yeah. and Peru all and well. They're, and they're right, they're a right-wing guy. Yeah, I forgot what his name, but yeah. Yeah. Or, it wasn't a girl. No, no, no. The, the, that was who Castillo, Castillo ran against. Yeah, but I, I don't yeah. remember who was. It was someone well-known, but I... Yeah. So that was when both Peru and Chile had right-wing governments. Now they both have left-wing governments. Oh, so they're, they're going to work together, I mean. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, Castillo's communist, and then Boric is like... Yeah, but I'm guessing they have different things that they'll be working on. This government is the last one. They're very sympathetic to each other. Um, Anyway, so on November 17th, Peru's Congress allowed Castillo to make this trip, but banned him from attending the the XVII summit of the Pacific Alliance that was held in Mexico, which is where President Boric just was, um, because there was... um, a pro-tempore presidency of the bloc. I don't understand what's going on. Some Peru political thing. Um, but in light of Lima's congressional disapproval, hosting President Andres Manuel López um, Obrado, I maybe cut this out. I don't well, know what this is. Well, that was interesting. Yes. Peru and Chile getting their connection better. Better connected. Really? Yeah. So, uh, my next news is the news that's made my, made my week. I don't know if you've heard about the, uh, you know, of the Tienda La Polar? Yes. So they basically, they're um, sort of like a... It's like a grocery store. No. La Polar? No, La Polar is a clothing store. <laughs> then, I know, I've seen the big, like, thing that says La Polar, but I yeah, thought the big was, I've just never gone in there. Yeah, it's more of a, it's, I guess, it's more of a um, focused, it's a multitienda, it's a... Clothing store, like a big, like, sort of Macy's thing, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Department store. Department store. uh, Selling clothes. They sell a lot of specialized clothes. Under Armour, um, Polo, blah, 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 blah. But they're more geared down towards, like, a more lower socially economic... 
Yeah, like affordable, affordable, affordable clothes. clothes, good brands, stuff like that. So imagine a represent the representative of Under Armour is in Chile. Okay. He's walking down the mall and he sees that La Polar is selling Under Armour shirts. Mm-hmm. However, this man does not remember selling, giving the rights to sell Under Armour shirts <gasps> oh, to no. La Polar. So it's after this inquiry from La Polar, from Under Armour that Carabineros ended up raiding eight different, eight different La Polar stores, finding them all to be selling <gasps> um, clo- brand clothes without permission or counterfeit clothes. It's still unknown if it's if counterfeit, it's counterfeit if or if it's, it's just without permission. Because a lot of the brands have already come out and said, like, we didn't give La Polar permission to sell these stores. However, La Polar is saying, no, we do have permission to sell these. Which just, it doesn't make any sense. So either someone's lying or they're, well, someone is definitely lying. or someone Someone's is, lying. Yeah. Which and is probably buddy's, somebody buddy's on, on La Polar. On La Polar, yeah. La Polar has been having a lot of issues for a bunch of years. Mainly do um, misleading investors. And I would imagine that they're buying counterfeit clothes from China or something or somewhere else and then selling them as real it's better stuff. Than, that's better than the alternative of them buying stolen clothes. Yeah, I don't think you'd be just able to buy enough stolen clothes to get oh, enough that's, stock. That's true, that's true. That's why I'm thinking it's like them just like signing a contract with some company in China and bringing them in. Yeah. Somebody in the top that and the people below don't know what's going on. And so the people below, like the lawyers or whatever, like, no, 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 we have this contract, but the contract's with... You know, under Ermer yeah. in China. So basically, although one little detail that hasn't been mentioned is that during during those raids, an, a ninth store caught fire. A what Mysteriously, store? One of La Polar stores. Ah. Mysteriously caught fire at the same time that they were You know what? Somebody just threw out the cigarette from the oh, car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, luckily, the fire didn't go, didn't spread. It just, it, it just petered out on its own. And so, yeah, so during this raid, the Carabineros found 57 sweaters, 257 um, shirts, and 366 uh, G, um, abuso, how do you say that, abuso? Um, pants? Sweatpants. Sweatpants. Ah, like exercise gear. Which, um, yeah, because this is or mostly Under Armour. No, no, it says pantalones de buzo, so it's Ah, uh, yeah, sweatpants. Sweatpants. All of this are belong, belong, are belonging to. All of this mer- merchandise is directly affici- uh, affiliated with Under Armour. And as previously said, the, fo- the, um, P- the official distributor of Under Armour in Chile has, again, gone on record as saying that they have never given merchandise to La Polar. So was this just one store that they raided, or was it they raided all the stores? No, they raided eight. Eight stores. Eight different stores had. Uh, uh. They were, were eight different stores were selling Under Armour artifacts, artifacts, the Artif- word, artifacts, <laughs> selling the Under fossils, Armour. fossils from Under Armour, <laughs> Under Armour clothing, articles, <laughs> articles of clothing, articles of clothing without per- without per- without permission. Because again, they're saying the second language never- is English. You guys, be patient. I couldn't even yeah. remember meteorological, so it's fine. Meteorolo- yeah, that was a... That was a lot. Um, it's been a long day. So, and in the meantime, the CEO of La Polar insists that we have always saw, sold original products, and this is not the exception. 
and that they are worried that the authorities acted without doing the pertinent consultations to them. So yeah, basically one of the biggest nationals, one of the biggest stores in Chile is selling something they're items. not supposed to, or doing something yeah, they're not something supposed to. Not, not supposed to, right? So wow, interesting. You know, I honestly, I, there's there's something fishy going on, and I'm not definitely. Surprised. I think that, that's not. I think that that's not the end of this. We're gonna hear about this. Yeah, and we'll keep you updated. Exactly. Stay tuned. Cue the dinosaur music. Okay, so we have lots of dinosaur news here in Chile, and we have more for you today. So uh, paleontologists find remains of an elephant, or quote-unquote elephant, of more than 12,000 years old in Chile. So this is a Chilean-Spanish scientific team. Um, it was It's the remains of what's called a gomforteris, and it's a type of, like, related to elephants thing that existed 12,000 years ago near Lake Tawatawa. In the O'Higgins region of Chile, it was reported this mon- past Monday, which was the 28th, by the Catalan Institute of Human Paleontology. Paleon- paleontology? It says paleontology, but I thought it was paleontology. I've uh, never heard paleontology. I've always heard That's what it says here, but uh, no, it's been translated. So, um, um, uh, And social evolution. I-P-E-I-P-H-E-S which has led to working with the um, Universidad Católica, which is the one of the biggest universities here in Chile, um, and that they, they found out that the animals were killed um, with lithic tools, which is representative of one of the oldest um, evidence of human remains in South America with the types of awesome. tools. Yeah. So um, this was a result of an excavation, uh, which was um, between September 12th and 26th in Tawatawa, um, the third site, or St. Vincent Tawatawa. Um, it has been internationally benchmarked, this site, for studying of the first populations in South America, which is the reason why they, like, the reason why they were originally going to study was to find this evidence of very, very early um, people in South America, and they found this elephant, uh, uh, quote-unquote elephant. Um, they found more than 100 fossil remains of the Gomphoritheres, which is, as I said, extinct rel- relative of the current elephant, and where they were all killed off and processed by human groups and hunter-gatherers over 12,000 years ago. Um, that they, they highlighted that these instruments show a high degree of sophistication in their elaboration, as well as um, high-quality raw materials, some obtained with stones from hundreds of kilometers from the site. Um, where So, like, they found remains of the fact that these creatures were probably killed in one place, then transported, like, maybe in pieces or whatever, to another place to be eaten or whatever. Um, eaten or whatever. Eaten or whatever. I just whatever. Uh-huh. Interesting. That's actually... Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that showcases way way more sophisticated. Well, I'm not gonna go into an anthropology. Well, I think I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was little, so I I, I know. I in general, I this. feel like people think about the past and they think that like humans were not sophisticated because they didn't have the type of technology. They weren't smart. Didn't have the capacity for intelligence that we have now because they yeah, we, we measure societies by different by different technologies. Yeah. But the thing is, is they might have had to have been way smarter than we are because we just 
get everything done at our fingertips. So they actually had to do problem solving and figure out things and learn how to make the best type of weapons. Anyway, it's fascinating for me too. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating because, I mean, that means that they would have to find, um, find a place where they knew where the um, stone, because you said the stones were taken from, from, the yeah, tools were made with stones to, from, like, exactly really far away. from very far away that they were then brought, killed the elephants, and then found even further away. So like these, these were you know migratory people as well, and um, it's just it's you know really fascinating. Interesting, and, and again, that's not something that you usually, at least here in in the Americas, in the New World, it's in not, the New World. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Well, you know, in the Atacama Desert in in particular is just a wealth of knowledge, which is why we have a lot of dinosaur news. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, of just fossils and different kinds of things. And everything's really well preserved because it's so hot up there mm-hmm. that bacteria doesn't exist. Yeah, we have the oldest mummies in the world that are yeah. from Chile. In fact, I think there's there's one story that's really sad. Well, sadish. It's about a man in nineteen in eighteen ninety one. He was on his way to a baptism. And he got off, the train stopped for a bit, and he got off to go pee, and the train went off without him. Oh, and, and that's the story. <laughs> that's the story, and he died in the desert. Oh, no! In 1891, and he was found on more than 100 years later intact. We know that he wanted, he was on his way to a baptism, because the paper, the, his invitation was still... Ah, there's no moisture. Yeah, there's no moisture, so, there's no bacteria, there's nothing that would decompose the body. It's so the it same just... thing that happens in, like, the Antarctic, or, like, um, in, like, really high mountains, yeah. when people die, they get completely preserved, because they, they're, they're just frozen, right? Yeah. Captain America style. Exactly, Captain America, and they're revi- mm-hmm. revived a couple years later to go fight aliens. Not a no. couple years later, like well, a few bunch, decades yeah, later. A couple, day, decades a couple days. Peggy was old when he woke up. It was very sad. Yeah, that's true. Okay, enough um, Avengers talk. And, so uh, these elephant things could weigh more than four tons and reach three meters in height. They are the largest land mammals that inhabited the the area. So cool. Awesome. Elephants, elephants are enough? everywhere. There were elephants yeah. in North America. Like we like elephants, man. I was, I was just man. To comment that like. Elephant, because the mammoth was North in North America, America yeah. yeah. And so, so, and we have the African elephant, we have the, right, the Asian, Asian elephant. elephant. Is there a European elephant? I'm sure there was at one point. There probably, I mean. Well, actually, I don't know because of islands. I don't know if elephants can swim that well. I mean, because it's like really basis. a lot of like your, <laughs> a lot, a lot of like your. I don't know, man. Oh, fuck me, I don't know. I'm gonna look. I don't I'm know. I'm not an up. elephantologist. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up because did you know there was an there was, okay I'm getting ways off track here there was an uh, there was a European lion. I did know that, and it was was there? Yeah. Actually, no, I didn't know that. There was a European lion that lived uh, in oh, the mountains. Oh man, of that makes that real that I saw much less fun. Oh. Because it was like saying that there was like a, a a black British guy and he was like I hate all these racist people from England and we do too no racism, and it was like. But did you know, because, you know, they have the lion as their crest. They're mm-hmm. like, lions are from Africa, dumbasses. Don't be racist. But now I'm like, you've ruined that real for me. Oh, I'm sorry. It's yeah, no, they're the li- no, they're Now lions. racism will never end because of you. They're Greek lions. Well, yeah. Greek, the Greek aren't really... Well, anyway. Okay, your turn. My turn. So, in keeping with the... Oh, shit. Uh, in keeping with the history aspect, I'm here to talk about the five... There were five artifacts... <laughs> Clothing artifacts. Five. <coughs> I'm going a bit through puberty. Um, five artifacts were going to go on auction in Philadelphia, of all places. Philadelphia. 
And luckily, uh, due artifacts to of what? Ancient uh, artifacts. They were. Um, they belong to La Polar. La- <laughs> artifacts La Polar. Officially La Polar. They're under armor, but spelled with an H. Now, under armor. Under armor. So there were five ancient artifacts that were belonging that belonged to the north of Chile, mostly the region of Arica and Tarapacá. And okay, so there were these five artifacts. There, they were. So there's how many of them are, are there? I think again? there were five. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. uh, there were these five artifacts that were going to go on auction, and thanks to the bilateral agreements between Chile and you know a lot of diplomacy, they managed to return them to Chile. To Chile before they went on auction. They, before they went on auction. Good. Which is good, because that's not usually what happens. Usually, it just no. goes Rich people buy them. Yes. And then they disappear. So, the, fi- the, five <laughs> the five artifacts... How many? Five are three hats and two bags. Okay. Which belong... To Under Armour. To Under Armour. <laughs> to La <Volare. laughs> I mean... So, these, the, the significance of these five artifacts are they are from the ancient... They come from the time... When the Incas reached the north of Chile. Oh, cool. And they started making contact with it. Cause, oh, that's super important. Because these five hats are... They were found in the north of Chile, in Aricantari and Parinacota. But they bear the resemblance and the styles of the Incas. Of the yeah. Time, from high up in the mountains. And that's really important because there's been like a lot of research done on um, when the Incas slash Mayan slash... Aztec slash Mapuche slash other indigenous groups met and traded and went to war together, traded ideas and all those kinds of things. That's really important to like figure out how societies communicated or how they like interacted with each other back in the day. So all of those types of artifacts that sort of have like a mix of cultures really important. Okay, nerdy. Yeah, no, but it's they've actually found copper belonging from the Chuchigamata mine up in the north. They found it. They found. Um, so they found actually uh, copper artifacts, artifacts made out of copper. <laughs> copper artifacts is fine. Okay, keep going. Whatever. Um, f- with copper made with copper that comes from the Chuquigamata mine up in the north near Copiapó, I think, or like around that part, mm-hmm. all the way up in Mexico. Yeah, like I was reading that I was in a museum. I can't remember. I think, as weird as it sounds, I was at a winery, and there was a Mapuche museum in the winery. As weird as that sounds, and now I'm like, why can't I remember all the details? Probably because I was at a winery and I was drunk, <laughs> and I was drunk. Um, but Wine I read may, something may about how there was like things that had only been found in Mexico that the Mapuche had, and they were like, how could they have gotten so far? Yeah, you know, and it's just like you know, war and trade and all of those kinds of things, and different people bringing different kinds of things with them across different. It's just really fascinating. FedEx. It was FedEx. Was ancient, it was like, Tom I'm, Hanks. It was the no, it was uh, the he yeah Tom Hanks with FedEx. He had the um, the car from the Flintstones. Yes, just running up from all the way all the way from. Isn't it called Pico Piedras? Pico Piedras, yeah. Pico Piedras, yeah. Flintstone. What was the car called? Because in Spanish we call it El Troncomóvil. Did it have? A name I don't know if it had a name in English. That, guys, did it have a name in English? I don't remember. It was Send Fred us Flintstones. <laughs> Uh, follow us at Chilean Podcast on Instagram. Oh yeah, if you follow us on Instagram, just by the way, we do like news updates like daily. Yeah, that's true. Stories and the things such. that come up. Some of them are important. Some of them are just interesting. And if you want more like serious journalism, oh yeah, sure check our our parent. 
affiliate. Yeah, affiliate. I don't know what. The we have an actual that. journal that supports us and lets us do our funny thing. Yeah, it's the Chile Today news. Yeah, it's called it's Chile Today CL. So yeah, check it out. Um, yeah. So yeah. So the important thing about this is that usually, a lot of times when a lot of these artifacts end up in auction sites, they they don't really pay attention because legally you can you can take them out, but once they're out, it's they're out you know yeah and i'm sure a lot of people don't want to know because once you get like a certain authentication of an artifact then you then ha- might have a legal obligation to yeah, return exactly. it and a lot of art is like international currency and is um often traded on the black market because it has it, it its value can be exponential and so it, it's used as like international currency sometimes even between like countries so really? it's like, yeah, it's like a lot of black market stuff going on and drugs and everything. And I actually have a bit of an anecdote about this. So when I stole some artifacts from this, no. Uh, <laughs> so I remember a while ago I was reading up about this. There was like this scepter, ancient Mapuche scepter that was stolen from Chile and taken out to a French auction house. I don't remember the name, but it was like a auction, no, a British auction house that was built in like 1652 something like that it was like an ancient like really like at least old old really old auction house that probably sold people oh jesus no i'm not kidding oh i mean i know you're not kidding but that's just intense and so i remember when i read about this i thought like oh i'm gonna search up this auction house see what they have to do and i got a i entered the website first thing was an ad i don't i'm not gonna say the name of the, uh, the auction house because a i don't remember the name and b <laughs> we don't, i don't want to have them don't get like, su- yeah because they're gonna sue us never say never uh, I'm cover- I'm <laughs> i mean cover- i didn't i didn't say never i'm just saying i, I said because they're gonna yeah which so, so there you go basically got on and the first thing that kept popped up was like all um we buy our artifacts from third parties how they obtain these artifacts are of not aren't of our knowledge oh god so, uh, do you accept the accept yeah do you accept the charges yeah um no so yeah, like that is, that is but, just... but for real like art is one of the only like international ways of um of exchanging money in large mm. amounts of money because yeah. you find like a van gogh or something or whatever that's things worth millions you know millions and millions and millions of dollars you can be that like, I want all of your drugs for this Van Gogh that you can then trade. I mean, there's literally been like documentation that Saudi Arabia may have an original of something that I don't remember because I don't know art very well. And that they're using some of that money to like finance improvements in order to like encourage tourism. It's like a whole thing. That would not be surprising. I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? Not really. No. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Europeans selling things. Europeans selling luckily, people things that don't belong to them. Luckily, Surprise, um, shock, and awe. Luckily, uh, the treaties that we've signed with the U.S. have been helping curb that a lot because the U.S. is one of the main sellers of these black market, of these ancient artifacts. Mm-hmm. Europe is still kind of doing what they do. You know. But you know, just, yeah. if, you, if you're any European listening, we don't hate you. We don't hate you. No, we don't. We love you. We love you so much, and thank you so much for listening. Because yes. we we understand every single country has its controversial aspects. Oh, trust me, I'm from the U.S. I cannot judge. Ye without sin, cast the first stone. Cast. Oh, uh, Jesus. That's our sin. That's oh, that's Chile's sin. And Germany's. So that yeah, that's that's all I have. Okay, so our last thing today is the Colbun. 
uh, which is um, an energy storage project, inaugurates its first 800 milliwatts um, energy storage project in Chile. So this is called Utility Colbun, and it has a battery storage... Battery? Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm imagining again, like, the huge battery. Battery. <laughs> it's a giant batteries yeah. with 800 milliwatt deployment targets. So this is the Diego huh, de Almagro project in a 330-hectare site comprising 470,000 solar panels totaling 230 megawatts of power and the 8 megawatts by 32 megawatts? Mega WH? Is that also watts? W what? WH? Okay. Numbers. BESS allowing for four hours of full power discharge. Finland Headquarter Energy Technology Company... Oh, I'm going to fuck this up. It's got A's with dots at the top. <laughs> Vartsli. W-A with dots. R-T-S-I-L-A with dots. Was awarded the Energy Storage System Integrator contract a year ago and provided its GridSolve Quantum Utility Scale Best Project along with the GEMS digital energy platform to manage and optimize the system with solar PV. It totaled $150 million in investments and um in total yeah so this is the colbin's first operational energy storage unit the largest pv park in the atacama region and also the quote debut of any type of this technology um note however that the atacama region only covers a portion of the atacama desert desert widely known as the sunniest place on earth as pinguino mentioned earlier yes it's very hot Mm-hmm. Very pretty, though. But they got to be careful of things because, again, Atacama Desert, a lot of artifacts, a lot of lithium. Oh, yeah. So, um, so Calbun Cal has plans to deploy their energy storage system overall in Chile, including a five hour numbers 240 <laughs> megawatt by 1200 mega WH, which is, yes, is not watt, co located unit, and it's Proposed for the northern region of Arica and Parinacota in August. So it's um, extending that. And it's undergoing um, at the moment. Arica and Parinacota. Weird that they, sh- they show up in both of our news. Yeah, right? Um, so t- so um, t- this quote is a quote. Today being renewable or having green energy is not enough. We have to find ways for investments in clean energy to be well done with timely information and involvement of communities and developing productive chains that generate local value. Um, this was said by um, Jose Ignacio Escobar, which is the firm's CEO. Um, and then, of course, Chile has recently passed major legislation to incentivize the deployment of stationary energy storage systems by allowing standalone units to receive income on the country's electricity market. Um, um, but even before that, a handful of huge energy storage projects have been announced this year, including Calbun's AES plans, which is uh, AES is a company I work for, um, teaching them English. Nobody hurt me. Um, <laughs> it is a very controversial company. And there's also a Canadian solar um, storage unit that's being built there. A lot of different, and also Mitsubishi. So there's like a lot of different things like happening there. Wait, wait, Mitsubishi is also involved in this? Uh-huh. Um, oh, I thought I thought they just made cars. You know that they do more than cars. I honestly you didn't. No. I used to work for Mitsubishi too. I oh. work for a lot of companies teaching English. Um, no, Mitsubishi's got mines too. They own mines. Really? Yeah, they're big. Nah, it's just cars. 
I, I just assumed they were just cars. I mean, yeah. You know I, what? I, I thought LG was just TVs for a long time. What else do they do? Phones, <laughs> I guess. They do a lot oh, of things. Yeah. They do a lot of th- things. Th- th- you know, companies are large these days, right? Yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like Yamaha. They make pianos and motorcycles. Right? It's very bizarre. And I'm pretty sure, like, what are those things called? Harmonicas. Harmonicas. They also make sure harmonicas. They, well, I think they make harmonicas. Branching out. <laughs> and what is it? Beak. Beak. They make pens and razors. But yeah. I guess it's the plastic, right? Plastic ah, company. Yeah, I mean, that is very bizarre. You're bizarre. So thank you guys so much for listening today. Don't forget about our two events. We have December 10th, which is the Trivia Night. Um, And December, which is it, 17th? Yes. December 17th, the Bilingual Comedy Show. If you want any more information about those things, you can always contact us at Chile Today Podcast on Instagram, facebook.com slash Chile Today Podcast, or email to chilepodcast.gmail.com. Follow us on Patreon and all of that stuff. It supports us in the podcast, and we just basically use that money and put it back into the podcast. So it's all like just a big family fun circle hug thing. Um, so big yeah, pyramid, a big just scheme, pyramid scheme. <laughs> and after you join the Patreon, you then have to get three more people to join the Patreon or unlock the second realm of the more something. People, the more people you have underneath you, the more the more the more you money win. you get. Yeah, um, the more discounts for trivia shows you get. So, anyway, thanks again for listening. We're going to be bringing you a new episode uh, pretty soon on some theme that we haven't decided yet. But Lenny will be back with us, and we're excited to have him back. And we love you guys. Thanks so much. So, when in doubt, green you out. Bye. Bye. The Chile Today podcast is hosted by Lennart Kluge and Bethany Francis and produced by Diego Pinguino Rivera. For more information on the news topics you heard today, check out chiletoday.cl.